And welcome back to another edition of Champs Corner, the Alabama and Auburn Recruiting Podcast. I'm Drew Champlin. I'm your host here. I used to be with AL.com, no longer anymore. So it's uh, taken a little bit of time, a little bit of getting used to for me to not say that right away, even though I should be covering some games this fall for them. But let's get right to the important matters and introduce the uh, the star of the show, Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you? Drew, as always, it is a pleasure to be on your podcast. I know it's only been a week since I've been on the podcast, but it, it seems like it's been a decade of how long it's been, how long my week's been without being on the podcast. I'm I'm excited to be on the podcast, Drew. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. First, Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, and before we get to some Alabama and Auburn stuff, um, you know, since I'm no longer at AL.com, I want to make the podcast a little more diverse obviously and that means we can talk about other things maybe it means we're forcing you to watch a college game every once in a while but one of my favorite sporting events each year is the nba draft mark do you uh are you, are you an nba draft guy or do you are you too busy breaking down film on nights like that well i try to take some time off i really like the fashion of the nba draft i see what all the uh all, all the, the new fashion styles are what all the, the hip and cool people are wearing up in these uh, exotic places, you know, like New York and, and Boston. And, and that's exciting for me, Drew. But I also like to see where the players are going and seeing what player fits best in what team and, and analyzing whether or not it's a good pick or not. And I, I do like the NBA draft, Drew. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously Alabama's going to have a player in Colin Sexton selected pretty high. You know, he could go anywhere, maybe from 6 to 13, something like that. You're seeing the Magic, the Knicks, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Cavaliers. It seems like he'll go to one of those five teams. Don't know where. You see a lot of experts, uh, you know, giving their mock drafts when no one really knows anything. But, Mark, are you uh, – and I know you've helped some NFL teams in the past. What's your track record been or what's your history been with, with the NBA teams? Have you, do you have any lined up this year? I, I do. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Drew. You know, I've helped some NBA teams in the fat past. I've helped another one this year. Uh, I can't, can't tell you what team it is, but I work for uh, Mr. Jordan over in North Carolina. And so I've been helping them out. They've had a, they've had a bad track record recently of players they've signed and traded for, and they've been struggling lately. And and it's it's I'm just going to be there to help them out in the draft and do some consulting for them. And and we're going to see how it goes. I have some pretty high hopes for it. I think it's going to go really well. Yeah, I think uh, that team has drafted guys like Cody Zeller and Frank Kaminsky. I know you don't want to give give up anything, so I'm just kind of saying what I think. And I didn't and, I didn't tell you what team it was, Drew. Okay. Uh, but, but the guy you're talking to, uh, or who's giving you orders or are you, are you, has he actually listened to your suggestions? Well, I don't, I don't think he has much of an idea of what he's really doing. So I'm just helping him out. You know, you, you, you know, I, I can't say that you were correct in your assessment, but if you were, I, I would say that, that those mistakes I'm hoping will not be recreated again, you know, doing something like bypassing Donovan Mitchell uh, last year, I thought that was ridiculous, and I'm here to make sure they don't make any uh, crazy mistakes again. Absolutely, and so uh, hopefully this will be uh, the relationship. Uh, you know, hopefully this will keep you in the game up up with the uh, National Basketball Association. I know you're looking forward to. It. Are you still going to be at home working remotely, or are, you, are they flying you up to uh, to New York? No, I don't. I don't fly up for those things. I, I'm going to stay here. I got my, you know, thanks to you, I know all the fancy technology of how to communicate over the internet. 
And uh, I'm just going to work that way. But they have me on speed dial. I probably talk to them about every, uh, you know, two or three times a day, really. And uh, it would probably ratchet up as the NBA draft comes. You know, there are other variables there, I think, that they're in play other than evaluation. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Uh, but I have I have my suggestion for them. I've been giving them. I have some more as I continue to break down more of these guys' films over the last week. And I'm excited. I'm ready for draft day to be here tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well to see where Colin Sexton ends up. And he's a guy, you know, I think he measured about 6'2 or so, but his wingspan, uh, his, his wingspan is about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, something like that. So I think that's going to help him out a lot, even though Alabama listed him at 6'3", but he's really – Probably closer to six two, but the long wingspan uh, is obviously going to help Sexton. What are some other things that'll help Colin Sexton succeed in the NBA? Do you think? Well, you look at at the way he plays the game, the way he approaches the game, his competitiveness and drive, and his will to win, and his ability almost to lift a team onto his shoulders and carry them. You know, we saw that with Alabama in the SEC tournament this year, and 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 really against Virginia Tech as well in the NCAA tournament. He's got that ability to do that. Now he's got some growing to do to adjust the college to the NBA game. He's no longer gonna, you know, he's a fast player, but he's gonna have guys just as fast as him in the league and just as quick and. And that's something take going to take some adjusting, but I definitely think he can come in and make an impact in his first year. You know, there's things I'm concerned about with him. I'm concerned about his consistency shooting three, especially in the NBA, which is a little further back, and some other little things. But I, I think he's going to be fine and be, again, be an impact player in his first year. Yeah. Do you think uh, Mr. Jordan's looking at, at Colin Sexton here? Well, I can't tell you that, Drew. To be real honest with you, but he's on the board. That's all I can say. He's on the board. I- I got you. Yeah, we uh, we got some questions that we'll get to later in the uh, in the podcast. But Thomas Jones here tweeted at Mark Jennings fifty five. He asked which team is best for Colin Sexton's playing style, and do you think it's one of the five that I just mentioned, either Charlotte, uh, New York, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Clippers, or Orlando, or do you have other uh, other ideas here? I think he's a pretty good fit for the Knicks, to be real honest with you. And you look at what the Knicks need and the talent they have, and they got the big center in, in uh, Chris Stapps, uh Porzangis, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, they've got him there. I think Colin Sexton would be a good fit for them. Their team does need a, uh, needs a point guard. And frankly, I think Colin Sexton's personality would fit in really well in New York. You know, you kind of have to be a big figure. I have a, have a you know, you got to have an ego to be able to play in New York and take the. Uh, uh, sometimes the hatred from the fans, but you got you know, Colin Sexton's that type of guy that can do that. So I think he'd be a great fit for the Knicks and the system that they're running. Uh, I'm not so sure about the uh, the management they have over there uh, right now. I think that 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 might be a change that might be made pretty quickly, uh, pretty quickly at some point, and 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 it will the management and the ownership to be honest with you. But I think Colin Sexton would be a, a perfect fit for the city of New York. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, last year they drafted Frank Nilkina, but I think they see him more as a two guard. You know, I think Colin Sexton's got a lot more potential than a guy like Trey Burke or Emmanuel Moutier, the point guards on the roster. I don't even know if they'll be around next year. And then, you know, I think the Knicks want to, uh, they got uh, Porzingis. He's going to be coming back from knee injury. Hopefully he'll be back in the middle of the season. We'll see. Uh, maybe it's still a rebuilding year, but I, I like Sexton a lot, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up and following his NBA career. Uh, briefly, what about some of the other NBA draft po- po- uh, prospects? Are you more of a DeAndre Ayton guy, or do you like uh, Luka Doncic or Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, those guys just up at the top? 
I'll say this. I think the, the American public is going to be real surprised when they see how good Luka Doncic is when he makes the NBA. I think he's a fantastic player. Right now, I do have DeAndre Ayton, number one. I can give this information because these players aren't going to make it to where uh, the, the team I'm, for which I am working uh, is going to pick, so I don't have a problem giving you this. I think DeAndre Ayton's number one. I think Luka Doncic's number two, to be honest with you, and then followed by Marvin Bagley. I think those are the top three in that order. I think most people have Bagley number two right now. I think that's a mistake. Uh, but you know, we don't have any of those first three picks. So that's not a, not a big deal for me to give you that information. I gotcha. Uh, just a couple of other guys I want to ask you about Trey Young's a very polarizing figure. And then you got Michael, uh, Michael Porter jr. You know, there's uh, so many questions about his health and he thinks he's, he thinks he's pretty good. He compared himself to Durant and Giannis. And then you see these other, uh, magazines comparing him to Keith Van Horn and Harrison Barnes. So what do you, do you have much to work with with Michael Porter? or And also, what do you think about Trey Young? Well, I'll start with Trey Young first, to be honest with you. you look at what Trey Young did and the amount of points he put put up. You know, it reminds me a lot of Jimmer Fredette. Do you remember Jimmer Fredette, Drew? Yeah, over, over Brigham Young. Yeah, that over Brigham Young. Puts a lot of points on the board. The team's okay. But, but, you know, did he make the other guys around him better? Or did he just shoot all the time? Now, he can score. Uh, but I'm not totally sure that he's worth the first-round pick. That's really your only skill. You know, the NBA, yeah, you got to score, but you got to play defense and rebound. There's a mental game there. You do all this stuff you got to do, and I'm not sure that Trey Young has NBA skills in those areas. So I like I like him as a player. I don't think he's worth a, a lottery pick for sure. Maybe late first round is where I'd take Trey Young. Uh, but that, those are my thoughts on him. The other one's Michael Porter Jr., is that correct? Yeah, out of Missouri. Yeah, you know, you look at talking about a guy who gets hurt at 19 and misses his entire college freshman season. You don't have a lot to work on, but the guy's got all the talent and skills in the world, you know. But my thoughts are if you're going to have a, I believe it's a back injury, correct? Yeah. A back injury at the age of 19, that's an injury that, you know, it, it's going to, it's it could easily come back. It could, you know, hamper you your entire career. You know, once guys get back problems, you know, they never seem to really fully recover. And if you've got back problems when he's 19, I'm concerned about his his health over the next 15 years that he's going to be in the NBA. So I I like Michael Porter. He's got great skills. He's tall. He can shoot. Uh, he's got good vision on the court. He's everything you want. But is he worth a top five pick? I, I you know is he a guy you're going to try to build your franchise around? I'm not sure that's the that that would be the best move for for a lot of NBA teams to be honest with you. I got you. My last NBA draft-related question. You may not want to answer this because of, of where your your team is picking. Any draft sleepers you see in this class who probably outperform their draft uh, position? Drew, I, yeah, I can't give you that info, Drew. From where we're picking, you know, we're probably going to pick. In, we might end. I say probably we might end up picking a draft sleeper. So the guys off the top of my head, I can't give you right now. Uh, that was a very good question, though. I'm I'm sorry. I apologize to the audience for not being able to answer that. Uh, but it, but yeah, I I just can't answer that, Drew. I'm sorry. Yeah, completely understand. Well, uh, going back into the Alabama and Auburn recruiting, there's there's a lot of uh, new commitments, new signees for both programs, and, and actually in multiple sports. We'll start with Alabama. Demarco Hellams, a six foot one, two hundred three pound safety from Dematha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland. A very prestigious high school for athletic talent up that way 
He committed to Alabama about a week and a half ago after his official visit, four-star top 100 type recruit. Big-time player, and Alabama's had some success out of the Northeast. Mark, tell us about DeMarco, who spells his first name with two C's, D-E, capital M-A-R-C-C-O. Yeah, you know, you said the math has really become a great pipeline for Alabama. The Kwanjo brothers are from there, so they've got really uh, packed in over there and set. They're going to get a lot of great players from the math as long as they keep coming out with the pipeline they develop. You know, he's a great player. He's 6'1", 203. He's he's very uh, instinctive player. He's very smart. Doesn't have any problems calling a defense or want any problems calling a defense. He's also very athletic, uh, reacts to the ball well. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's got good ball skills, which you know Coach Saban's always a big fan of. I like DeMarco Helms a lot. I think he's going to need a little bit bigger. He's only 6'1", 205 pounds about right now. They're going to put some weight on him. That's fine. You know Coach Cochran can can, can get him a lot bigger. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a guy uh, played in the SEC West, a guy by the name of Rob Pate. Do you remember Rob Pate, Drew? I, I do remember Rob Pate. Late late 90s Rob Pate, uh, maybe – uh, or at late or at Irwin High School, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. That's correct, Drew. Irwin High School played for the Auburn Tigers. Really, a, an underrated safety his entire career. I believe played in the late '90s, as you said. So he wasn't really on some some of those great Auburn teams like we've seen recently. Uh, but the guy was a fantastic player, and 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 Demarco Helms, when I see him play, reminds me a lot of watching Rob Pate on the field when he was that same age. Absolutely, big time player, uh, Demarco Helms. Justin Aboigby, and I may I may be pronouncing this wrong, this wrong, but if if I am, I, I'm, I'm, I apologize. Six foot four, two hundred and sixty three pound defensive end out of Forest Park, Georgia, Forest Park High School, number one hundred and twenty five overall recruit in the twenty four seven Sports composite four star recruit, gives Alabama another talented defensive lineman commit. Uh, what what can you tell us about Justin Aboigby? Really an underrated player right now. He's a four star, one hundred and twenty five overall in these subscription sites. But you know how that is. I think he's a five-star player. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. He's a big hitter. Uh, he really has all the tools that you're looking for in, in, a, in a high school football player. Reminds me a lot of a guy also out of the state of Georgia, I believe, uh, went out of state to play college ball, a guy by the name of Robert Incomdici. Do you remember Robert Incomdici, Drew? Yeah, at a Grayson High School in Georgia, pretty highly touted recruit a few That's years correct. back. I believe he went to Ole Miss. You know, back when they there, there was some great recruiting a few years ago out of Ole Miss, and and Robert Incomdici was probably their biggest uh, their biggest recruit they've had over there. And and it's he when I watch Justin uh, Ibiagbi play, he reminds me a lot of Robert Incomdici. Yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a player, and uh, I think that's that's a very good comparison right there. A key guy that you know you can make official visits in the in the summer now and before your senior season started. So Alabama and Auburn have been they've had some visitors and uh, you know Helms was one when he committed, and Alabama had a really big one, uh, Nakobe Dean, and he's also in the mix with Auburn here. I think I'm not quite sure if he's going to take an official visit there, but uh, Nakobe Dean, uh, number 20 overall recruit, inside linebacker. This is a really big position of need for Alabama. Horn Lake High School in Horn Lake, Mississippi. He makes his official visit. He has not committed anywhere yet. But, uh, Mark, when you look at N'Kobe Dean, what, what what comes to mind when you break down his film? 
Yeah, this is one the subscription side has got correct. They have him as a top 25 player in the country. I have to agree. Uh, you know, he's everything you're looking for for an inside linebacker. He's a big hitter. He's fast. And he even dropped back in coverage a little bit. You know, he's going to have to get better at that at the college level. But right now, he's just fine at it. Uh, I, I, I love him as a player. You know, a lot of Tennessee subscription sites are, are you know, stealing people's money, saying that he's going to go to Tennessee. Uh, that's not true. He's going to end up at Alabama. And I think he, uh, it's going to be a great pool for Alabama. He reminds a lot of a guy in the state of North Carolina, a little town right on the South Carolina border. Uh, similarly highly recruited player. Ended up playing at the University of Georgia. Went on to the NFL for a few years, I believe. A guy by the name of Danell Ellerby. Do you remember Danell Ellerby, Drew? Yeah, is it Rockingham in North Carolina? Is that where he went to high school? That sounds right. It's a little town of Hamlet. I remember going to Hamlet to see him play. Uh, about 10 years ago, I think, and, and I, I name of the high school sounds correct, Drew. Yeah, right, uh, absolutely. Uh, he was also a big track and field star, Danell Ellerby, and I think when, when Kobe Dean fills out, that's probably uh, it's a very good chance he's about that size. Uh, quarterback offered um, – Alabama offered Cornelius Brown uh, out of Clara High School, plays for Andrew Zal over there. Uh, his nickname is Quad because I believe his name is Cornelius Brown the fourth, obviously. 6'5", 182 pound. Maybe he's a raw prospect. I'm not sure, but he's got a ton, a ton of offers from a lot of the uh, group of five schools, like the UAB types. I think Vanderbilt maybe is offered as well. He says that Alabama is offered. He told AL.com's Josh Bean that uh, it's not really an offer unless either Talia Tongo Vailoa or Paul Tyson decommit. So he's a quarterback through and through. But you know, he's a quarterback offer. He's from Alabama. Uh, probably not far from where, you're, from where you are, Mark, but uh, what can you tell us about Cornelius Brown? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, he's got an offer from Alabama. It's not a committable offer. He's only be able to commit if uh, if Paul Tyson or Talia Talavagata decommit. Uh, so we're going to have to, you know, where he goes, I don't think it's going to be Alabama, to be honest with you. I think he's, a, he's an SEC quarterback, maybe at the lower end, maybe a Mississippi State type school. Uh, that's probably where a place like that is where he'll end up. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, Talia visited Tennessee recently, and there's been a whole lot of hullabaloo about that. Uh, he's not going to Tennessee. He's going to Alabama to follow in his brother's footsteps. And so I don't think uh, – and obviously Paul Tyson's not decommitting. So uh, I highly doubt it would be – I would become – I would be shocked if uh, Quad Brown ended up – <coughs> Excuse me, Drew. Ended up uh, in Tuscaloosa uh, in the fall. Next week. Yeah, excuse me. I, I just think it's an interesting offer, and I know we're going to have a chance to go see him play this fall, especially because Jason Jones, the state's top twenty twenty prospect, who we talked about in our last podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, the Champs Corner podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher, and on SoundCloud. I should have mentioned that earlier, but I apologize. But that's where we are at this point. Uh, Mr. Cook, thank, thanks to your friend, Mr. Cook, for getting us on iTunes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see Quad Brown in, in his recruitment, and we'll talk about it more if, it, if a chance really opens up for him to join the class. A couple of uh, commitments for Auburn lately, and one of them is a really good player, Jaron Handy, a defensive end out of uh, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The other one's at the same position in Mississippi. 6'5", 278, a four-star recruit, uh, pushing the top 100 nationally, 108 right now by the subscription sites. Uh, is he a guy who could vault into that top 100 mark? Or do you already have him there? Mark? I'm sorry, Drew. I apologize. 
Uh, you know, all these guys in the top 150, they could eventually end up with the top 100 by season's end. There's so much football they played yet, and really the senior season is is the one where I, I put the most weight on, obviously, because it's the one closest to when they're going to go to college. So I, he could easily end up in the top 100. He's a big guy for a, a defensive end. He's already 280 pounds. He's 6'5". I think he's going to grow to be an inside guy on maybe a defensive tackle in a 3-4 scheme. Frankly, I think he's one of the best players in Mississippi, maybe the best player in Mississippi. Uh, he reminds me a lot of another guy from the, from the southeast, uh, a guy out of Chattanooga, actually. Uh, went on to, to have a really successful college career. I think he's playing uh, uh, in the pros somewhere right now. I'm not sure if it's the NFL or not. But a guy by the name of DeMonte Bolden. Do you remember DeMonte Bolden, Drew? I do. Uh, I think he, he uh, was at Hargrave Military Academy in 2004 and then played a started a couple of seasons and then now he's been playing in the CFL this Canadian Football League ever since that DeMonte Bolden yeah that DeMonte Bolden you know I, I don't understand the, the 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 Canadian game very well it's a little too complicated for me you know they're giving out single points for kicks going in the end zone and stuff you know that seems a little highfalutin for my taste I like the old grind it out you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. You only get three downs in the CFL anyways. You got to you go two and out. You got to punt. I don't know how that works. It seems too complicated. But, yeah, you know, I'm sure Devontae Bolden's handling it real well and, and the three downs, and, you know, it shouldn't be much – it's not much of a problem for him. But, yeah, when I watch Jaron Handy play, he reminds me of Devontae Bolden. Yeah. Uh, another commitment uh, in that same time frame, Jamon Gordon, 6'4", 275, out of uh, Meridian, Mississippi, he was committed to Ole Miss pretty recently, but backed off that, and now he's committed to Auburn. So uh, how did Auburn pull this off, Mark? Well, Auburn coaches did a great job recruiting him first and foremost. You know, they, you know they, and you're recruiting a guy, especially out of the state of Mississippi. It's hard to get him from, out of the, uh, from one of the in-state schools, but Auburn did. They did a great job. You know, they basically informed uh, Jamond about the penalties or the possible penalties that Ole Miss is going to get. They really drilled that in their head, and that really had was the main reason why he decommitted from Ole Miss. So, uh, great player, 6'4", 275. Reminds me a lot of a guy uh, out of Bay Minette, Alabama. <coughs> Excuse me, really a, a lightly recruited player coming out of high school, went on to, to have a great college career, and I believe – Played for a while in the NFL. Talking about a guy named Wallace Gilberry. Do you remember Wallace Gilberry, Drew? Yeah, I do. I think he was a late signee after showing out real well in, in the Alabama Mississippi All Star practices. That Wallace Gilberry. That Wallace Gilberry. You know, I begged all these coaches around here to take him, and they wouldn't listen to me. Then gets the All Star game, blows up, which is happy for him. You know, uh, his career took <laughs> off. But you know, it's another situation. You know. Even 15 years ago, I, I was right about these things. But that's fine. That's neither here nor there. But, yeah, when I when I look at Wallace Gilberry and think about his old film, you know, he and Jamon Gordon are basically the same player, and I expect Jamon Gordon to have a fantastic NFL career – or college yeah. career, excuse me. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, uh, going over to basketball, Auburn signed uh, Juco point guard Javon McCormick from Katy, Texas, Lee College in Katy, Texas – uh, listed at six foot, 170, 18.5 points a game, 6.4 assists per game, 5.3 rebounds per game. Uh, for a guy that small, that's pretty good if those stats are right. He is Bruce Pearl's 10th player on scholarship, and uh, he was badly needed because Auburn lost backup point guard Davion Mitchell to a transfer to Baylor. So uh, they needed some depth behind Jared Harper, and uh, and I think 
uh, he'll I think he'll stand to have a pretty big role this year. I'd say at least maybe 15 minutes a game. Mark, tell us about Javon McCormick. Well, he's listed a little big. He's listed at six feet. That's a little much. He's a little smaller than that. He's only 170. So we're talking about a real lean guy. He's pretty quick, though. He can make up for it. You know, had great stats at Lee College. Um, you know, as you said, he's going to play a bit. Uh, to be honest, the competition he was going against wasn't that great. So those stats are a little inflated. I'm curious to see how he, he would put do in the SEC. I suspect not nearly as well. Uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of a guy out of the state of Texas plays in the SEC right now uh, in terms of his skill level and the tools he can bring to the floor. The guy I'm talking about is Avery Johnson Jr. Do you remember Avery Johnson Jr., Drew? I do, the one who signed with Texas A&M out of high school. That's correct. Drew ended up transferring to Alabama uh, and plays for Alabama now. I think probably plays, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes a game for him, if that, maybe – uh, maybe a little much. So I'm interested to see what type of minutes that uh, Javon McCormick will get. I, I, I At this point, I, I think it's going to take him maybe a year or two to get a little better, maybe become as good a player as Avery Johnson Jr. Yeah, he's got two years to make it work. So I think usually Bruce Pearl does well with guys like this who aren't you know, quite as highly recruited, come in with a chip on their shoulder like Deshaun Murray last year who transferred to Western Kentucky. And obviously with just 10 players on scholarship, that means three spots left. Uh, do you think Auburn's going to get some more guys in this summer period before the fall semester starts? It wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, Coach Pearl right now is burning up the recruiting trail, looking for transfers, trying to convince guys to uh, get a release from their scholarships and come to Auburn. Whether that comes to any fruition or not, I'm not sure. But I know he's working his tail off trying to get these transfers to come to Auburn right now. Good deal. Hey, let's go to some uh, listener questions, and uh, we got we got a few twits this week. Uh, why don't you tell everybody, Mark, how they can find you on email or Twitter? Yeah, I, I always I love this part, Drew, because I get to tell people how to contact me and ask questions, and I wouldn't be able to do this with Drew without the loyal listeners. And you guys ask some great questions. I'm sure we're going to have some great questions this week. Uh, if you want to find me on email, my email address is markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com, markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com, or you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at markjennings55. That's one word, at markjennings55. Yeah, I love Twitter right now because you can get immediate uh, contact back to me. If I have any, qu- or if you have any questions, I can get back to you. If I don't get back to you, uh, uh, yeah, that just means we're going to use your question on the podcast and I always have my email there too so I love talking to you guys and, and I love answering all your questions every week great and you can uh, obviously like I said you can find the Champs Corner podcast on iTunes and Stitcher right now and on the SoundCloud just search for that Champs Corner featuring Mark Jennings you can support the podcast on Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Mark Jennings 55. Uh, shout out to our first and only Patreon subscriber, Mark Torrance. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Mark. Mac, happy birthday. I hope you're having a good birthday. Thanks for being our patron. Absolutely. Hey, I don't know how much you want to answer this. Cameron Luke Ratliff is a big tweeter at Mark Jennings 55. He asks if you have a top 15 mock draft available. Do you want to is, – is, I really wish wanted to give Cameron Luke Ratliff – kind of the shout out here because he's such a loyal uh, uh, follower of yours. 
Uh, well, Cameron, I appreciate your question. Unfortunately, I do, I do not have a mock draft available. We're a lot of with you guys that put mock, mock drafts together. They really don't know what they're talking about. They're just throwing darts at the board, hoping to get they get a click on their website or whatever, get you described for their service. You know, I guess you pay them money and they make up mock drafts for you. I'm not sure how that works. But, I, frankly, it's a bunch of grifters putting these mock, mock drafts together, and you really shouldn't listen to them. You know, you can get bored just by reading the news and, and, and seeing what GMs are saying. And, and a lot of these GMs, these executives, using a little slate of hand, uh, trying to disguise what they're trying to do. And you can read into that thing with a little practice and figure it out. So you, you Cameron, could, you know, spend a couple of days researching it, and you could probably put a, a mock draft together that's better than what uh, any of these other mock, mock draft guys are doing. Me, personally, I have my own top 15 players. Uh, and I, I have my mind on, on who I like the most from 1 to 15. You know, I can go and tell you DeAndre Ayton and, and Luka Doncic and, and Marvin Bagley. I can give you those three, but after that, I got to keep to myself and see what happens. You know, there's some talk among the offices about a trade maybe happening. I'm not sure. I don't think that's really a good idea. But I've said too much, Drew. That might, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but thank you for your question, Cameron. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Hey, Alabama Pro Updates asked Mark Jennings, 55. Mark, I've been watching Egypt's World, or I was watching Egypt's World Cup match yesterday and was really impressed with Mo Salah. Who would your comp be for uh, Mo Salah? Yeah, I, you know, Mo Salah's a great player out of, out of Egypt, plays for, for Liverpool in the Premier League. I love the way he plays. You look at the way he moves around the pitch. <coughs> You okay, Mark? Yeah, Drew, I'm sorry. I got the coughing. Hold on, Drew. All right. I'm sorry, Drew. I apologize. I'm back. Yeah, uh, I, I've been sick. I've been overworking myself doing my consulting and breaking down film. I need to. I need to take a little break. You know, there's no time for breaks in the recruiting world. You look at the way Mo Salah moves around the pitch and the way he his offensive skill set, uh, the way he can create goals out of nowhere. He reminds me a lot of a guy out of, the, out of the country of Netherlands, a guy by the name of Johan Cruyff. Drew, do you remember Johan Cruyff? Yes, he's the one that came up with Ajax and uh, played a lot, was, was a big star over there. He did. I believe he made uh, – I want to say he made two World Cup finals in a row and, and lost both of them. He actually, you know, grew up with Ajax and played at Bar Barcelona some. Went back and managed days at Ajax. We're really one of the best soccer managers of all time, uh, to be honest with you. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, most of all, it reminds me a lot of Johan Cruyff. Yeah, uh, that's a great comparison. That's why you're the best in the business, Mark. Uh, Cedric Asher asked an Auburn-related question. He says, Mr. Jennings, Coach Gus Malzahn feels like this 2019 recruiting class is going to be his best yet. Do you think he can pull this off? Uh, yeah, I mean, do I think he can? Yeah. And do I think he will? Well, that's a, that's a different answer to that question. Uh, he's, they're going to have a great class. they got some great guys lined up, but everybody has great guys lined up they think they're going to get – you know, in June, you know, signing month, signing day is what seven months away because they moved December or whatever. Uh, I I think he's going to have to get some better players committed uh, right now. You know, uh, they, they're in the hunt for a lot of guys, but they're not leading for all the guys that they need 
to have the best class he's ever had. So I I don't think he will. It's a possibility. I'd say the best class he's ever had, yeah, percent maybe, probably less than that, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's a long way to go with these kids. These kids don't know what they're going to do yet. And and so, obviously, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I know what some of them are going to do, but all of them I don't. So we're going to have to see how it goes. But, yeah, he has to get some better players committed if he wants to have the best class uh, that he's ever had at Auburn. All right. Uh, NFL analyst John Ledyard tweeted about Auburn rising junior Marlon Davidson out of Greenville High School. I think he's probably maybe an NFL draft prospect this year, he says. But, he, but John Ledyard says, I'm not really sure what to do with Auburn defensive end Marlon Davidson moving forward. I know people are expecting big things given he was a big recruit. He was a five-star in the class of 2015 or 2016, excuse me, and they need an edge rusher to step up. But he's pretty rough on tape. False steps, super super stiff and not explosive. And, Mark, I think you agreed a little bit with that on Twitter. And then Lance Carter asked if that's a player development issue. I don't know if it's a player development issue, to be honest with you. I thought Marlon Davidson was always a tweener. It would be difficult for him to find a position in the NFL. You know, he's not big enough to be a defensive tackle, but he's not quick enough to be a defensive end. So he's kind of in the middle there. And I'm not sure there's a real spot for him uh, in the NFL. So I think that's the problem. I don't think it's a development issue at all. Uh, I just think it's, it's tough for, for guys like Marlon Davidson to find a real spot. He, didn't have a, he does not have natural, does not have a pure position on the field. Um, and I saw that in high school. I think I said it when we started this podcast uh, a few years ago. Yeah, we were talking about Marlon Davidson and how I had him rated coming out of high school. And I always thought that was kind of a problem with him. So, um you know, is, could the right coaches correct it? Maybe, um, but those coaches weren't at Auburn, to be real honest with you. And 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 so, I hope the best for him. I just don't think that he has developed properly over the past few years when he's been at Auburn uh, to be an NFL, a you know, a pure uh, NFL defensive tackle or a pure NFL defensive end. That's going to be a problem for him. Yep. Cody Kimmer asks, what would your dream class look like for Auburn at defensive back? Well, right now they got uh, Cordell Flott of the Sarah Land committed. Uh, Jalen Simpson is another commit. Could probably end up at cornerback. You know, they got the inside track for Nehemiah Pritchett out of Jackson, Alabama. Um, Hewitt Trussell's Javarius Johnson. He can play DB, but honestly, I think he's more of a natural wide receiver. Um, but... You know, for Auburn's quote-unquote, I don't have a dream class for anybody. I, I don't root for a team, Cody. I just try to call it like I see it. Uh, it but in terms of dream class, I mean, the best class they could bring in, you know, you've got to have Andrew Booth out of Archer High in Georgia. He's got to be included. Uh, Jay McCullough from Hillsgrove High in Powder Springs. Uh, he's got to be in there. Uh, and especially right now because it looks like um, – you know, Jalen McCullough is trending to Alabama. I'm not totally sure that's the case, but it looked like it. Um, you know, I also want to talk about Deshaun Sheffield out of St. Simons Island. Uh, there's the three guys I think they need to get to have that quote-unquote green cl- uh, dream class. And if they do, some of the guys I mentioned first probably won't stick around and stay committed. So uh, for the best possible Auburn defensive back pl- class, those three guys, uh, Sheffield, McCulloch, and Booth, they got to have all three of those. All right, and then last of all, Paul Graham asked Mark Jennings, 55, do you think Alabama players will suffer through language barrier issues with Justin Aboigby like they did with Tua early on last year? Paul, i got to be honest with you, all the stuff that's going on in our country recently, I don't really appreciate that question. I think it seems a little uh, tone deaf. 
to ask that. I think that, honestly, Drew, I think it might be a little racist to say that, uh, his question. So uh, I, I, I don't really appreciate that question and uh, poll. And so maybe, you know, you should go think about what you say and what you send out to people because I'm kind of offended by that question, to be real honest with you. Uh, so that's a little much for me. I'm not going to go too much into detail. So I'm going to say, Paul, thank you for listening. That's all I'm going to say about that. Absolutely. Well, we don't want to get you too riled up, Mark. I know uh, you want to give the best stuff you can for Mr. Jordan in preparation for the NBA draft. So let's wrap up this week's podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us and sending in questions. And uh, Mark, uh, I guess you should say uh, good luck with you guys tomorrow. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Drew. If I I find out uh, before who we're going to pick, well, I will find out. But I'll probably text you, but you got to make sure not to let that information out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. There's a certain rule out where nobody, nobody, everybody's agreed not to tweet out the pics or something. But you know, I'll see, I'll see what I can do to let you know. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.